Welcome back, welcome back to another episode of Thinking Out Loud with your host Jermaine and Ben. Today we've got two lovely lads in the studio with us today. We've got another Ben and hey. Jack. How are you guys doing? <laughs> two Ben's on. Thanks for having us, Jits. Nice yeah. to meet you. How are you thank doing? You, thank you. I'm good, I'm good. Um, we appreciate you coming on because like I said before, there's not a lot of us like in this kind of, I don't want to say group space, but like doing these things. So, you know, we kind of appreciate that. And um, it's, it's kind of good that we kind of able to talk today, especially about just like grief and like how that's kind of like changed us, like shaped us. And just not, I know everyone kind of, like I said before, thinks about grief and it's usually kind of doom and gloom, this whole idea that you're just kind of down all the time or or just not, or you've completely lost yourself. But I think what you guys represent is that, you know, there's a silver lining behind it. So like with the work of the charity and, you know, at the meetings, um, so that's why we feel this episode is kind of good because like, f well, for me anyway, you kind of represent this idea of that, you know what, you've been through something like as tragic as loss and the loss of your dads, but in the midst of that, you still managed to do something great. And with that, it doesn't mean the grief is necessarily gone or like it's disappeared, but I think you're doing so these, this thing, despite the grief, you know? So like really that thing that's good. Um, but just like kind of talk to us a bit more about um, like how you guys kind of got here, like meeting each other, like, you know, starting the TNN and stuff like that. Uh, do you want to... I mean, yeah, I'll kick off. I just wanted to say... We met. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, I want to echo that right back to you, to you boys for doing what you're doing. It's, it's, you know, it's incredible and it is great to see other blokes leading the way. So, uh, yeah, kudos to you two. Oh, appreciate yeah. that. Um, no, not at all. Not at all. And we're going to try and make big differences together. I know that. Um, yeah, I mean, the silver line in, in my grief has always been making great friends like Ben, you mm -hmm. know, and I wouldn't have met Ben had it not been for the fact that my dad died. I might have met him, but I'm not sure I'd have necessarily have yeah. got on this mad journey. Um, my dad died in September 2013. His name was Dave Baxter, mm -hmm. best man I'll ever know. Um, 18 stone bodybuilder at his biggest, looked up to him in so many ways, and he tragically died of skin cancer. Kind of ripped him of all of his dignity, and, mm -hmm. you know, it was dreadful to watch, but... Um, I went through a couple of years of really struggling with my grief, not having anyone to talk to, feeling isolated between the ages of probably 22 to about 25. Um, one day needed a haircut, much like I do now. Went on Instagram, found quite an edgy looking dude in, uh, where was it? Portobello uh, Road. Yeah, Notting Hill, yeah, Portobello Road. Um, yeah. Thought I, I want to spend 40 pounds on a haircut, travel all the way from Essex, <laughs> which is what I did. Sat in Ben's barber chair, um, Spoke to him about my dad, like I do everyone that I meet. He's a big part of my life, still is. Will never reject that. You know, I will always speak to him, uh, speak about him so openly. Um, and Ben revealed that his dad was dying. And from there, we, we connected. We spoke about our emotions, what Ben was going through, what I'd been through, what I was going through. Um, yeah, and that was, that was effectively the start. Not the start of the charity, but the start certainly mm -hmm. of our friendship and, and what was to come. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's pretty much nailed it there. I mean, he's missed out a couple of key points, which we won't go into today. Um, because, you know... I mean, you can if you want. I mean, I don't know if it's appropriate. No, no, listen, well, go ahead. Well, go ahead, man. Uh, so, this is Ben's version of events, which you might have heard on Amber's podcast, but please carry on, mate. Basically, um, Jack didn't find me by complete coincidence on social media. He was actually following my ex-girlfriend at the time, a girl called Courtney, um, who he had, a, he had a bit of a crush on. Um, 
And I personally think what happened was that Jack ended up in the shop in the hope that she might be there. <laughs> um, so, you know... I can't confirm or deny. I don't know that it's <laughs> recording appropriate. Maybe after. Uh, Cor- um, you know, Courtney and Jack actually went to school together. Yeah. Uh, so it was a complete, you know, twist of... Jack would call it fate. I would call it luck. Um, that, you know, she happened to, to kind of connect the two of us. Um yeah, absolutely. No, we are thankful for Courtney. We make jokes about it. But if had it not been for Courtney, this this wouldn't be happening. So. Silver lining. Silver yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you're assuming that the last five years with Jack has been nice, um, which is cool. I'll let you have that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no. It's, it's, it's as as Jack says. Um, you know, his dad Dave had, had died. My dad Steve uh, had just been diagnosed mm. with um, with terminal cancer, uh, and we went on a thirteen month journey, myself and my family, um, mm. whilst he was, you know, whilst he was dying. So, yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. That's. I mean, like, I know obviously any any sort of death is is hard, and because um, I remember you mentioned like you felt like your dad was just sort of this was just one minute this guy you know healthy and then the next minute more of like I don't want to obviously I want to tread carefully more of just like turned sort of ash in, in the sense that you know I'm sure due to the cancer it being that like, deteriorate and stuff so like how was that for you like having to go through that for the for the past like 13 months and not only like be there for him but like for your like, for the family as well 13 months is a long time to watch someone die um you know, from from diagnosis. So, my dad, and it was and it was it was quick. From there was nothing wrong to him, wrong with him yeah. to him, obviously being unwell. Um, so my dad was a builder for the best part of forty five years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, used to lay a thousand bricks a day. Was uh, as tough as they come. Um, and. Uh, yeah, one day he went to work, picked up a trowel, picked up a brick and just had no idea what to do with the pair of them. Within two weeks, he'd been diagnosed with a terminal brain tumour, maybe a month. I might be being a bit sharp there, but about a month. And, you know, it was hard. It was, you know, there were days when it was really difficult to kind of watch this, you know, same experience that Jack had, you know, Jack's dad being an 18 stone bodybuilder Mm. and he was six stone when he passed away oh yeah I always say he was smaller than me so yeah. he was you know to, to have witnessed that it's tough watching someone die is tough mm-hmm. yeah. as you can both see Jack is quite a, a small fella well I got, so. the, I got the bodybuilder's uh, brain just sadly not the body <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you how to train in the gym but I couldn't show you <laughs> but uh, but you know like watching watching that happen is is, is, is difficult for anyone um, but you know I don't the, the the thing is, and this is the same with the charity, it, you know, there has never been a question. It, it's just been unequivocal. You just get on with things because mm. he was my dad. You know, he still is my dad and I love him and I'll always love him. So there was never a question of, um, am I going to stop and think about doing something? I just did it because it was him. Mm. Um, and, you know, obviously in those quieter moments when I was on my own, it was sometimes really difficult and there's a couple of conversations I remember having with him you know sitting in his garden this was back when I still smoked and the only thing that he would do when he was really sick was eat grapes and smoke a few cigarettes every single day he used to sort of get up from his sort of empty punnets that were just sat around him sort of go outside and sit about six feet away and have a cigarette 
and you know you come and join him and you'd hope that you might be able to get some conversation out of him in those moments and you know every now and then he did and there's a there's a, a you know one conversation in particular that sticks out for me where he was telling me about Southampton's uh, results against I think it was Anderlecht in the Euro- European Cup like back in the 70s or, yeah, or mid 80s that must when be a Southampton yeah like it was obviously a few years ago um, <laughs> <laughs> like, we've been we've, we've been in Europe of, of recent times it wasn't for very long but well, we are there. you a Southampton support yeah yeah I am Southampton why are you guys in the Prem right now yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm Arsenal. I'm a Spurs fan. fan. Yeah. Oh, we can still get on well, though. Well, that's well, right. Yes, Dave. Well done for you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, Chelsea, Sean. Oh, Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you've come after the money, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> what? I, I, I remember Chelsea. In the and Man City as well. Come on, Man City as well. Yeah, but Chelsea were the first team. Yeah. Actually, Blackburn did it first, but let's not get into that. But yeah, so. So, you know, I remember having this conversation with him about um, about about Southampton playing mm. away in Europe. And, you know, it's like this really beautiful moment where my dad was maybe six weeks away from, from the end of his life. And, you know, he was recalling something that had happened 30, 40 years earlier. And it was just it was really nice to have this conversation. And they were really, like, beautiful moments. And that, like, it just reminds you that, um, you know, this person is dying. Mm. You know, you, this person in front of you is, you, you know, you're losing them, but it's still them. And I think so. Even when it was really difficult, and even when you you kind of looked at him and thought he's not, you, you know, you're not you anymore. It's still him. Like, and that probably made it a bit easier. Yeah, that, that's good because because um, I I just remember with me, my my dad didn't necessarily he didn't have cancer. I think. And to this day, I'm still not sure what his illness was, but I just remember being told it was just like MS, like a bad case. Yeah. So I think from, so the last time I saw my dad was literally when he was in the mortuary. But before that, I can't really remember the actual last time I saw him like like well or something like that. But one thing I do remember like from, for quite a long time, even before his death was he was like very ill. Um, so I remember when he was here, um, he would like be in hospital quite a lot of the time, and there's a, I think this was probably about 2000, I think around 2009 or 10, I think I was like second year uni, and um, like I like went to the hospital with, with my mom, my sister, and like my dad was just, he just like he just looked like a different person, like he, like he couldn't even like he was looking at me, but he's. I'm just thinking, does he like know who I am? Like, and can't, can't talk properly. He can't even like walk, like take long strides. He needs the assistance and assistance to like literally get from A to B, you know. And at the time, I just thought to myself like, this is kind of. Like, I didn't realize how severe it was at the time. I always kind of thought, you know what, um, you know, he'll probably get better at some point, and then at that point, we can probably start doing what fathers and sons do, like, oh, just make up for lost time. So I never really, I never really kind of thought, like, his situation would be, like, detrimental. But it was, like, over over time, it wasn't, like, a case of, like, he had, like, a certain amount of time to kind of, like, live. And I think it was just over time he was deteriorating. So I kind of always had hope that after a while he would get better and, yeah, just kind of, like, start have a relationship. Because even, even prior to him being well, I can't remember the... Even just, I mean, we we used to do stuff like watch TV together, football. I guess that counts for something. But 
I don't remember having any sort of conversations about just like life or anything yeah in general so I think with his death it, it hits different compared to my mum but with his death it was almost of a case of um I'm not I'm not like I'm not happy that he that he's dead of course not but I think for me it's just the mentality of he's in a better place because the way he was ill like you know to the point where like he said before he's not almost he's he's a man but he's not I don't know there's something kind of um I won't say masculine but something kind of hard watching like someone you know just not being able to like look after themselves well this is yeah it's, they're, you know, they become what Jack and I have spoken about for years they become a shadow of mm. like the person they were um, and that's actually that's really hard that's really hard for anyone to see you know especially um, I think so I think for us like young men growing up with this idea of our dads being these big strong kind of figures right for you know for anyone really but to kind of see um, to see your dad disappear into someone who is unrecognisable to you know this kind of ideology that we have in our heads of them it's mm. really hard like and it's really hard you know, we, we certainly bonded in a big way over the dads that we had the very certain sort of dad which now is quite an outdated version of what a man is but you know growing up in the 90s mm. having a bricklayer dad having a bodybuilder dad these were masculine men yeah. you know and that was what you looked up to masculine men and you know we know that to be wrong. We're trying to think now that we're the new generation of men that people yeah. will look up to us, our children will look up to us and say, these guys know what they're doing. But, you know, we watched our dads stripped of their of their manhood. I mean, I certainly did with my dad. He, he, was, he, was a, he was a proud man and then he got cancer and he was having my mum, you know, care for him, take him to the toilet, wash him, bathe him, you know, this sort of thing. And it's, it's, it's hard as a young man to watch that, you know. Mm. I think for any young person to lose anyone, is fucking hard, but for a young man to lose his dad, and and to and to watch that take a hold, is is difficult, and it and it does challenge you in many ways, emotionally and physically. And I think together we've we've found our solace in each other because we're learning now about the world and we're learning more about our dads and who they were. Um, but certainly at age twenty two, I I found it very tough to watch my masculine dad stripped of his dignity. Um, mm. You know, and that's tough. That because at that age like because like with us we were all well we were all all kind of young when we lost our dads but i can imagine that at even at 19 and at 22 it's 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 kind of like yeah like you said isolating mm -hmm. so like and like i know with me i wasn't of course when you're young you can you're gonna make bad decisions you're gonna make mistakes that's just kind of normal you know but you know when you kind of go through as a young person go through um like bereavement almost is kind of like a foreign concept because I know with me like prior to mom, mom and dad there was no one I knew like bereavement was always like a, something that was never at my doorstep I've, I've heard of people like passing away but it was never literally like immediate family so when that kind of hits you it's there's so many different things I remember just thinking like you know what how am I going to get through this like that's it like life is done I, I'm not going to be the same you know, just all sorts of like negative emotions and but that's that's the grief, isn't it? That's the mm -hmm. grief, isn't yeah. it? You know, like and I remember you saying, um, like for you at twenty two, you like you obviously you, it was hard for you because your dad was like your superhero mm. and through that you you made like sort of mistakes. But would you say like um like finding Jack and, and others who had been through that as well, that kinda helped you not uh like stay away from making any further mistakes or or going towards the sort of like path of like like not self-destruction but kind of you know the point of like no return sort of thing like mentally 
I mean, I, I think, yeah, at age 22, regardless if you've been bereaved, you're going to make mistakes, right? People mm, make yeah, mistakes exactly. regardless of grief. I think um, I can absolutely accept that if you're grieving, I mean, I was using it as, as an excuse for making mistakes. Mm. You know, I was, my mistakes weren't necessarily destructive in that there'd have been the point of no return. Yeah. Um, you know, and I hope that we're able to reach people that feel they're perhaps in this space. My mistakes were made mainly through trying to fill the void that my dad had left, trying to fix the broken heart that I had as a result of him dying. I came out of a relationship pretty soon after my dad died and it was six years long and it just kind of opened up this chasm of loss. People were leaving me and, you know, I just couldn't get them back and they were the people I loved most. And so what I started to do was trying to fill that gap, trying to fill that void with other people that were showing me that love and attention that I'd lost from losing my dad. Um, and that's not right. That's that's not right, you know. And, and until recently, I was I was still doing that. I was still trying to fill this this space that had been left by such a big man and, but it was and a big how love. You were identifying, wasn't it? And well, that's, that's and it. That's I, a detriment to you because you were identifying as this person who needed to replace their dad. No, but right. But as a young man, you know, as a young man, I could acknowledge that that loss and that space that was left. But um, yeah, I was able to find my own space to grieve, and with that came friends. So it wasn't a paternal love. It wasn't a romantic love. It was a friendship love. And, and that was very important for me. You know, I did make mistakes. I think every 22 year old man will make mistakes. The mistakes I made, I needed my dad to yeah. kind of put his arm around me and say, don't worry, mate, this happened. Yeah, exactly. Happened to me. Yeah, it happened to your children probably. It happens to most blokes. It's that reassurance, um, isn't it? Yeah. And there is nothing more than a paternal reassurance for a young man. I miss my dad even now for mistakes I make. Because although I do have Ben and I have other friends, I have my lovely mum who's able to help, great family. No one's my dad. No one can ever give you that advice that a dad can give. Mm -hmm. um, but no, Jermaine, to answer your question, mate, I think, yeah, there was every chance had I not found my space that I'd have got into a real bad spot. I mean, who knows? I, I can't say what might have happened. But thankfully for me, I was able to find my, my grief in a healthy way and share it openly and honestly with friends like Ben. Um, you know, and I think it's helped having kindred spirits. You said it earlier. I, th I think that's a real thing. I mm. think you do find kindred spirits. You two found each other, you know, and, and I'm sure and I'm certain you two will have helped each other through sticky spots. And had you have not found each other, I mean, who knows? You just can't tell, can you? But mm. yeah, I, I hope that we're able to reach everyone and certainly young men. We've, we've spoken very openly about the importance of speaking to guys because it is isolating. It's very, very isolating as a young man. Do you think as men, um, this is a question for anyone to answer, so do you think as young men we don't like to open up about like emotions or, you know, because it's seen as being weak, like, you well, know? Yeah, I mean, do we like it? Probably not. Do we do it? Yes. Do you do it? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Do other guys do it? Sadly, no. But, you know? but, but there's the, the it's, you know, it's, it's this idea of weakness, isn't it? It's like, it, what what I think Jack and I speak quite a lot about and what we both very much believe in is that, um, you know, true strength in a person is their ability to understand their vulnerability and their weakness. Yeah. And it's in finding and accepting and acknowledging those things that we can actually evolve to become better people. Um, you know, being a man isn't about being big and strong physically or it's not about being aggressive it's not about this kind of concept of masculinity that we've had for you know you could argue for millennia right mm -hmm. like how many f 
fucking thousands of years have we been told that the man is a hunter-gatherer and that's how it works and like that's effectively what this ideal or ideology of man has been born out of the reality is is that you know we now in 2020 we need to evolve because we haven't and we we're not growing with the societal and economical changes and what's actually happening is well what we've seen in this year you know specifically is that actually men are pretty much the root cause of most issues not just in talking about our grief and our uh, mental health but we are the root cause of pretty much all issues right and until we actually address that by being honest and being open and talking more we can't break down this stigma of masculinity so you know it's on us it's on people like us who are willing to have those conversations and are open and are going to sit there and say actually this is how I feel like and I want you to know this is how I feel we've got to teach our friends and we've got to teach our family members that this is the right way forward for all of us as uh, as humanity to be able to actually progress yeah. and we're hoping as well look, as four lads four recognizable lads sat in a room talking openly and honestly about our emotions you know people will listen people will see and, and want to do the same because it's Ben mentioned it earlier, it's never been a question of if or, you know, would would you, would you like to speak about your dad on, on this platform? Would you like to live your life telling people about your dad? It was never a question of would you like? It's just that's what we're going to do. Yeah. It feels like this is what we've been put in this position now to do. Our dads were such gargantuan men in stature and emotion and, you know, our hearts are still full of them. There's no question. My life was always going to be spent telling people about my dad, talking about my emotions, how much I miss him. You know, I would suggest that for you three as well, it's exactly the same. And, you know, long may that continue for, for men to be speaking so openly um, and doing this, doing exactly this. Yeah, that that's, that's I literally agree with everything because, like I said earlier, I think there's always this uh, idea, like I said, with grief, it's always a thing of there's, not, there's no good that can come from it. Because when you think of group, I mean, there's so many different, like, types of grief or even, you know, way people have died but I always feel like there is always a silver lining because it hadn't been of course like if like someone asked me today all of us today you know anything to, to bring our parents back or, or your dads back of course we'll do it yeah, I mean, I'd, without, I'd without sack question. you this probably wouldn't exist well, well yeah. it, it might be but maybe under different uh, under different, different circumstances but yeah. unfortunately that's not the case we're here so it's like this is like the, the silver lining of it all and it's not all bad, of course, like, you know, and sometimes as well, pe and that's why I think people always misconstrued because they feel like you can't, um, like happiness and grief can't coexist. Of course, okay. you're going to have days. It's going to, it's okay. going to always be tough. Even like the other, the other day, I, I didn't cry, but I had, I almost shed a tear that like, I was talking to my aunt about my mum and we we're just kind of talking and, and normally I don't, but again, it's just, it's just different. It's different waves. Like one minute I'm cool, the next minute, you know, but it doesn't kind of invalidate everything that we're doing like mm. you know starting a podcast talking about it. because I think sometimes when you um, get to a position of like when you start talking about your grief it means oh that, that's it you're fine he's yeah. not grieving anymore that's it it's you know he's in a, he's in a good place now so we're not we'll never like even though this is a platform for us to talk we'll never kind of say like pretend to have this image of like yeah we're, we're done with grief and no, this, you should be done too no but it's, I mean, it's a common misconception that there is an end point of your grief yeah, exactly. where you are over something right and i think the 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 problem that we have is that in ev in pretty much every other situation in life where 
something comes to an end, there is always a new beginning, right? Mm. But with death, there isn't a new beginning because that person doesn't come back to life yeah. unless, of course, it's Jesus. Um, <laughs> but, you know, take from that what you will. Um, but, like, you know, my dad died. My dad's not coming back. Like, but I split up with my ex-girlfriend. I can get a new girlfriend. Right, that's, yep. you know, that's yeah, that's, that's that. how you have to, in my opinion, that's how, you know, when when you kind of think that you can draw a line under something, you can draw a line under something when you can start something new. In these situations, it never stops. So there's this there's this idea that, you know, oh, well, you'll be all right in X amount of time because, mm. you know, it, you'll have just dealt with it. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work. There was a, a moment last year where somebody... Don't use the word challenge, but they questioned me on my grief and how well I was doing <coughs> six years on from my dad dying. A very special person to me and said, mm. you know, do you not think you should be dealing with it better by now? It's been six years. And I was so hurt. I was absolutely heartbroken because, you know, the, the idea of dealing with things better, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay now. My dad's dead and I'm okay now. That's all right. My dad's dead. Don't worry about it. You know, it's, it's not linear. There is no yeah. beginning, middle event to grief. It comes and goes. Like you just said, you know, you wanted to cry yesterday. Seven years on, I want to cry mm. watching an emotional film or listening to a song that reminds me of my dad. Yeah, I, have a, I have a tear. I, actually, I cried just. If Tot Tottenham beat Tottenham beat Man United last night, six <laughs> one, I just wanted to burst into tears. Couldn't believe it. But my dad's that not was here. To, shocking. <laughs> 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 We've just signed Gareth Bale back. You know, I can't tell him. And it's yeah, for someone to say to you, and this person interestingly wasn't grieving, for them to say, do you not think you should be dealing with things better? You don't know. You've got no understanding. See that that like I, I'm I'm not. Uh, I, I don't I wouldn't say I, I don't it's very rare for me to like, lash out I don't really like lose my temper or get angry easily but I know like for me there's certain things that will make me feel feel a bit um, not angry because I had something similar as well with someone said oh you know you know your, your mum's in a better place now it's, it's fine now just yeah but I'm like in my head I'm thinking that's good for you yeah. but for me I'm not like me I almost kind of question that even everything that we're kind of like doing with the podcast I'm thinking okay maybe like the longer we, we do this the longer people might think you know what you, you, you're stuck you haven't kind of moved on but that's why I keep trying to tell like people we're not like we're not I can't speak for myself I'm not here like doing this podcast to kind of show people that oh I'm still stuck in this place like like I'm talking about I sound like a broken record I mention my mom almost every time like all the time there's not a day that goes by I don't think about her or even talk about her but when I say I'm fine, trust me, I'm fine. It's not it's not me kind of like like a cry for help. You, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. when people like, you know, come and tell you, oh, you know, maybe you should kind of like move on. But now. even someone else kind of said, oh, maybe you should. Like I've got, they said, oh, I've got a friend who's who basically like, like she, the person lost their dad, but they seem fine. Why is it that you're not kind of acting like how they're acting? Like, which is just so offensive. But it's like, like it's just so I, I get what you're. I get what you're saying. <laughs> I think when, yeah, I think when people say I'm fine, it doesn't mean they're necessarily, you know, yeah. doing well. For sure. Yeah, exactly. You right? know, like there's, it's you know, how many people do you know who said I'm fine and, well, they're not. They're absolutely mm -hmm. not. Like everyone's going through something. Like if somebody tells you they're fine, it's just again, it's the it's a blanket response that is easy to deal with, right? Oh, how are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm all right, thanks. Yeah. Like just because they say that, it doesn't actually mean that they're they're all right behind closed doors. Mm. Like, but also as well, like just because somebody else is all right, who gives a fuck? Like, it's up to you what you do with your grief. It's not up to somebody else what you do with your grief. And if you want to talk about your mum every day, well, so be it. I talk about my dad endlessly. 
But I talk about him because it's not like we don't look at grief as like a sadness. Grief is measured in the amount of love that you have for someone. If you mm. want to talk about someone all the time, that's because they're a massive influence on your life and you love them. Mm. What's wrong with that? Yeah, that, that's right. what people don't understand. And, and I think what it is, especially when, um, you know, like we're, we're in this space where we've, we've lost our parents, well, so well, we lost our parents and you guys lost your dads, but people looking from the outside in, it's easy to kind of say something because you, you're not in that position. And I, I don't wish it on anyone, of course not. Yeah. But sometimes you have to be mindful of what you're saying because when you're talking from a place of privilege where, you know, you have your parents there mm-hmm. or you have a... Um, you, know, you haven't lost a parent. It's a bit unfair to kind of say, "Well, how come you're not kind of dealing with it? Why, why is it you're still kind of talking?" There's about a it? there's a common misconception from, and I would, you know, I don't want to generalise everyone here, but people that haven't grieved or don't grieve, mm. there's a general misconception that there's closure to grief, that there's an end to it. You know that you will feel better one day, and you know, I, I'll be honest, I do, I do feel good. I'm happy right now. You mm. know, I'm happy with the life that I've got. I really fucking miss my dad every single day. Mm. That makes me sad. Yeah. You know, there is no end to grief, and that's not to scare anyone who's new to the grief world it's it's i think a beautiful thing because it means i'll never not miss my dad it means that the love i had for that man was so huge that it it will affect me if i live to 85 years old i'll still miss my dad mm. you know so for someone to say do you not think you should be doing better now six yeah, years it's, on it's a bit insensitive like, it's so insensitive mate but, but and i don't know how much you can talk about but at the time did you kind of have a word of them and say to them yeah, oh look i did yeah. I, I get what you're saying but you I, you can't I think really say that, like. sure. I mean, you have to. Pe- this is the other thing: people understand or they don't understand. It's the people that understand you hold closest. You know, mm. you, us four will understand how each other feels, and you're likely to meet people in this world who aren't going to understand, and that's fine. That's yeah. not their fault. I, I don't blame that person at all. You know, they, they're not in a place of understanding because they themselves have never lost someone they love that much. You know, and I really do miss my dad because I loved him so much. So. Yeah, I, I had to say, look, you, you have to appreciate this is my life. This is me. I am who I am. I'll always miss my dad. There'll be times where I really miss him to the point of being sad, you know? I might even cry. Mm, exactly. <laughs> but, it's just normal. Right? But people that love you and know you know you best will appreciate that that's the making of the man, right? That's that's who I am. Um, it's why we do what we do. And talk about these silver linings. You know, the charity has been just the best thing for, for me, for Ben, for anyone else that's come to the meetings. And that happened because our dad's died you know can I sit here and say that I'm I'm happy about my dad dying absolutely not but can I sit here and say that I'm happy that as a result we've started a charity and we're talking to you know hundreds of young people around the world now virtually mm. amazing yeah I'm, I'm so happy about that yeah I think you know the, the, as you say like the silver linings right like you're allowed to be happy and miss someone it's not you know the, 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 it's not that you just because someone's dead, it doesn't mean that you have to be sad every single day. Yeah. But it also, you know, it also doesn't mean that you're just going to get, you know, get over it. Like, you can be the two things; they're not mutually exclusive. Mm. Like, you can feel what the fuck you want to feel exactly. when you want to feel it, right? Like, some days you're going to wake up, you feel really good for half an hour, you feel like shit during that day because you remember that everyone's dead. Like, mm. it's all right. It's yeah. all right to feel like that. Like half an hour later, you might feel alright again. Do you know what I mean? Like, We've got a host. We've got a host. He says that this is the single worst thing that could happen to anyone in the world: losing someone you love to the point of never being able to speak to them again. You're allowed to be sad about that. Yeah. Twenty, thirty, forty, fifty years from now. I mean, if you're not sad about losing someone you love, 
you know, there's, there must be something yeah, wrong, exactly. right? Like you, yeah, it's no, it's you, not, it's there not is no end. There's no closure to this. Yeah, there's no lid that goes on top. It's like mildly sociopathic behavior. <laughs> there's someone you love is dead. Because right. yeah. just back to, um, you know, this whole idea, well, not idea, but we were all rest. We kind of young when we like, lost, when we lost our parents, when you guys lost your dads. And because I know with the charity, your kind of emphasis is more on young people because, again, there's not this kind of like... Uh, idea that young people don't talk but maybe they don't know how to talk or they don't have a platform mm. or someone to go to I know people say therapy but like you can have therapy and also have other uh, sort of um, outlets we, as well we consider what we do an alternative to therapy mm. so it's an alternative to going and seeing to a uh, you know a medical health professional like what we do is peer to peer right so it's about support from other people who are in similar situations to you in similar kind of grieving yeah. spaces to you so it, it is about coming and sharing experiences and finding like-minded individuals who have had similar experiences so like we were talking about before we start recording it's you know um you could lose someone you love and you might want to talk about it but the people in your family unit either don't feel the same thing or don't want to talk about it or Maybe you don't have any mates that have been through yeah. something similar, like you were saying. Like you know, you thought you were the only person, right? What ends, what inevitably ends up happening is that people turn up to these meetings and they sit there and they go, oh, "I thought, you know, I f- feel a bit stupid because I feel like this," and then everyone in the room goes, "Oh no, I feel like that as mm. well," like because mm. you're all going through the same thing, which is loss, yeah. and you're not a weirdo for feeling things. You know, you shouldn't feel estranged because you're upset about something. Like in fact, actually, what what we do is we bring people together so that they can understand what they're feeling and understand ways of dealing with what they're feeling from other people that have been through it. There was a massive moment for me pre good grief. So pre the charity even existing, the support group existing, um, probably about a year or two into my, my, my grief journey for want of a better term. Um, a member of my family put her arm around me, you know, and said, look, you're going to be okay because when your granddad died, her mum, you know, I, I, I felt these things, um, I went through these emotions, I turned these corners, but I'm at the other side. And I remember thinking at the time, that's, that's lovely and I will always appreciate that conversation. Because what it did was it made me realise that you're 30 years older than I am. You, mm. lost, you lost your dad when you were in your 40s. I'm 22. This isn't the same thing. And I need to find the people that understand that this is the same thing. I need to find the young people who are sat there thinking, Jesus... I'm starting my twenties and I haven't got a dad or I haven't got a, a mum or you know whoever that lost loved yeah. one is. I I'm, I need that space to connect with like-minded individuals and you know it wasn't at the forefront of my thoughts then. I didn't think we need to take the conversation out there. It was only when I met Ben um, and a couple of other lads who were in similar positions that that conversation really kicked on. And it's about being around people that you recognise and identify with. You know and and young people. Um, you know although we we're not exclusively open for young people we always yeah, say yeah, that if, that, if you yeah. feel young you are young right so that's yeah. any age you can come if you're in your 50s or 60s if you're happy to sit with idiots like me and ben mm. um but speak for yourself <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know it's it's uh it's a team effort my dad would always use the word team you know that was his thing come on team we can do this and i've always been motivated by the idea that we are a team all of us we're, we're doing this for one another we're doing this to help each other and that's a massive silver lining for me it's just such a beautiful thing yeah, like it's, it's good because like even when I like read some testimonials, people saying you know this has helped me, 
and uh, you guys also mentioned as well like even though you can come to the group but you don't even have you don't have to talk yeah even if like you're sitting there for an hour long however long it is just in silence and you can pick something from there then that's great so i think it's good that you kind of have that kind of um it's not restricted in that sense of right if you come to this meeting you must talk about you know yeah some people might not want to talk and some people just no. want to have a, a space to go to every have a lot every thursday or friday whenever the meetings are to just be like right let me be around people who've gone through it as well that that is their kind of like not escape but their outlet it's it's you know it, it it's as useful listening to people talk about loss and talk about their experiences as it is talking about your own like you're, you're still learning stuff you're still like finding a community you're still you know in a room of people that understand you even if you're not talking like it doesn't matter like you know it's 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 for anyone to do with what they want as long as they're respectful well it's it's a non-judgmental space it's completely open and honest um and we always say at the start of the meeting it, it belongs to you you know if you're sat there you know now virtually it used to be physically it will be physically again one day but mm -hmm. while you're sat there now on your laptop looking into that webcam you know that, that this meeting is for you it's no one else it's, it's yours right and you use it how you so wish you sit and listen you sit and talk um, but most importantly, you remember and you and you resonate when people say things that you thought were isolating, but you realise, hang on a minute, there's other people my age who feel the same thing. Um, and again, a, a silver lining, as I know that's the theme of this discussion, this conversation, so many of our attendees have connected away from the group now as a result of meeting each other on these calls and they've started their own little friendship circles. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're meeting socially distanced and, and having com <laughs> yeah, conversations yeah. about their loved ones away from the group and that was always the the the, the offset the, the mission statement from from tnn and good grief was to connect people to build friendships to build this community and you know to replicate what ben and i had which was a reliable friend who you could speak to about your feelings and, and your loss and your love for your loved one and that's an amazing thing to have witnessed no that, that's good it's, it's, it's beautiful to see because as i said and i can imagine you know, like like two years and counting, like you, it must, well, not I won't say hard, but it must be kind of, well, a bit kind of hard to keep that momentum because, of course, you're running this sort of chariot and as, as well as that like, you're doing, still getting on with your lives as well. Um, but what would you say kind of helped you guys like sort of keep going and just keep... Love for our dads. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing... Each there. other. Yeah, it's... Mm, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like, true. It's, uh, it's, it really is as simple as we love our dads. Like, it's it, honestly, like it's it's a no-brainer for us like there's no question of are we going to turn up and do it on monday no. we're obviously going to turn up and do it because why wouldn't we like you know it's, we like i would say this is more my theory than jack's but i'm trying to push it on him a little bit these days but um you know i've i very much believe that as people we're here and we have a purpose um mm. you know i think that uh maybe not quite as simple as the idea that you know we're, we're you know kind of a, a, a well we are animals aren't we but the idea is that like you know we all have like some of us are here to to teach some of us are here to help some of us are here to procreate some of us are here to kind of you know um change certain things you know politically or culturally um you know and and i think now our generation is starting to understand that a lot more than previous generations I think they've kind of been everyone had been tricked into this idea that we needed to have a family and kind of settle down and we all had to have a job and this was how we had to live our lives right whereas now i think that myself i have no interest in having children or getting married mm. i have a very nice relationship with someone that i care about very much but 
you know, I don't need to have children with her to feel like I'm accomplishing something. Mm. In fact, what I care about more is helping people understand that there is a better way for them to live. And that's by these groups. That's by helping people through mental health. That's by putting on more groups in the future, moving away from just grief, you know, into men's mental health to, um, you know, kind of uh, women's mental health as well and um, abusive relationships and, you know, all of these different places to give people an opportunity to um, understand what they're going through and evolve from that. And, like, so for us, like, we do this because this is what we are meant to do. Like, there is no question on it. Yeah. The, the motivation has always been, you know, the fuel to the fire, as has been mentioned at the start, it was the love for our dads. There is no way in my eyes that my dad was going to die at 48 years young uh, that's no age, just snuffed out. And he was, you know, an amazing figurehead of a man in my life. I just wasn't going to let that happen. You know, for him to die and be like, oh, well, that was that was a good life spent, 48 years. He he got 48 years at least. Nah, it's not good enough for me. I want to mm. I want to tell the world about my yeah. dad and, and in the process hear about your loved ones and, you know, turn his life into a legacy, turn Ben's dad's life into a legacy, make something of their young years. Because to lose someone when you're young and to recognise that they too are young. Yeah. That's hard work. Yeah. That is hard work. And I, I do agree with Ben. We are fortunate enough to have built, been built in a way where we are able to talk as men. We are able to talk openly and recognise that we're few and far between. You know, the four of us in this room are, are great examples of someone or the people who are happy to speak about their emotions. We've got to run with that. That's a very important responsibility that we hold because if it's not for platforms like this, men do, you know, they're left out in the cold a little. You know, men's mental health. I know it's it's a buzzword now. Still, it's not enough. There's not enough being done. You know, because there's still men taking their own lives. There's still men crying on their own in in their homes and and telling their friends that they're fine. That's not good enough. We need to change that. That's something that I think we're all able and, and capable of doing. And, and in good time, we'll start making a dent on this. You know, it's it's a virus. It is men's mental health is something that we really need to stand up to and 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 help and and, and educate for sure. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, it's about education. I mean, I, you know, you guys uh, are also in the same position as us, like, mm. without it, maybe without intending to be, because I don't think we ever intended for it, but, you know, through kind of hosting the meetings and through realising what we're doing, like, mm. we actually started to acknowledge and, and understand our role that we have. Um, you know, it's the same for you guys. You're educating people. You yeah. know, we've listened to your podcasts and... You know, for you to talk and for you to be open, like you're reaching out to people and saying, hey, look, this is what we need to do. Mm. Because for me, I believe that we're all good people, right? Like every, like no one apart from the occasional few is born a bad person. Right? Like, yeah, there are a few out there that are actually <laughs> fundamentally terrible people. But like yeah. the majority of us are born good people. Yeah. It's just that some of us have, uh, you know, started to understand ways of dealing with things that happen to us to be able to break down the walls around us and 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 show the kind of core of um, of who we are again, whereas there are other people who still haven't worked that out yet, and it's on the people who have found out to teach those who haven't. So, you know, we have this role, and you guys have a role, and you're playing that role already. What motivates you to? What motivates you to do this week on week? I think um, well, I'm, I'm going to sort of like backtrack a bit, but I just remember. Um, do you remember at that time it was in Starbucks? Oh, yeah. Literally, was, so we were like, this, Happen, yeah. this was probably... It's always Starbucks, uh, isn't it? Uh, yeah. always Starbucks, Starbucks. 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 Starbucks was like the first <laughs> place you know, <laughs> where it all began. Yeah, so literally, we, we came with our, you know, my pen and notepad, 
ordered a little um maybe it was a coffee or whatever it was yeah. and just kind of brainstorming ideas and i remember when we kind of just had a brainstorm we kind of finally uh penned something down and we was leaving and i mean i don't know if you remember i remember you saying to me oh um, i don't know what's going to come from this but let's just basically let's kind of just just yeah. see in it and and obviously even at that it was it was good because when you're kind of planning something it's, it's nice and then when you kind of actually execute of course it's a different story and and I don't know about you, but I was a bit kind of nervous because I'm like, because this is, I don't, I don't remember, I didn't tell any of my friends about it because I just thought, well, I don't want to sort of, just, I want to keep this close to my chest sort of yeah. thing. And then we just like put it out, you know, put the first episode out. And strange enough, I don't know why, that probably even till now, um, of course it's not about numbers necessarily, but that's probably our most um, most played episode. But even when we released it, we didn't think, all right, this, this, this is going to get X amount of listens okay. or plays. We just sort of put it out there. And um and obviously and I feel like we've, we've kind of grown. Obviously, we're like this would be we're like thirteen episodes in now. Or this would be fifteen. When, no, this would be yeah. fifteen when this when this comes out. <laughs> yeah, so like fifteen in. So I remember for me, like, and you could probably explain then. But I think for me personally, the reason why I'm just this like gets me buzzing, is because number one. Um, it's because of course it's like it's my parents like this is something I want them to kind of you know look down at me and say right look at what he's doing and number two and I'm not saying I'm an expert on grief or what experts were but it's something that I feel comfortable talking about like of course today we keep, uh, we've done a bit of planning don't get me wrong do you know what I mean but I think it's not like coming here I don't feel I feel like happy to talk about uh, different various types of grief and, and grief in general people who've been through it, it almost kind of gives me like it's like my outlet in a way yeah. so hopefully this can just this can be this can be going for us as long as it can it's not i don't want it to be like a right we'll just do this for x amount of time then we bench it we park it as long as it needs to go on for you you're know? motivated for the same reasons you're motivated by the legacy of your loved ones mm. you know it's exactly the same from where we're sat it's it's a beautiful thing it's it's to make sure that they're forever remembered you know um there's that that notion that idea that someone truly dies when the last conversation is had about that person right and by the sound of things with a bit of luck people will be talking about our loved ones for for many years to come because mm. it doesn't sound like this is going to slow down and that's the momentum you need to keep yeah, uh, yeah. massive respect honestly for what you're doing yeah, i think it. what motivated me as well was kind of similar to to jermaine um educating people on like the topic of um grief bereavement um masculinity and mental health as well so um i think because no one really understood what me and Jermaine or even us are, are, are all going through so we thought let's educate people on grief you know so that they so that they can understand when you know oh, god forbid if someone did die then they're gonna know what to say and how to approach it in the right way and um, and also connecting with people with people as well that have gone through grief um it's also part of why we started a podcast because i feel like we we all instantly connect straight away you know because we've already um lost someone that we know close to us so yeah that's part of the motivation as well mm. yeah i mean it's spot on it's the thinking out loud podcast sponsored by starbucks isn't it you know it's like <laughs> i think it's a free flat <laughs> white if someone works at starbucks listening yeah, just, yeah, just, yeah let's, the, let's get that ball rolling get with the, the sponsorship <laughs> like no but that, that's the thing as well like just to kind of like echo from what uh, Ben said it's like it's not to kind of show people like me personally I've never been someone who's 
um, like, like to I like to just be real with myself and other people if I can and I think with grief as well again like we said earlier there's a lot of misconceptions and it's not linear it's not like right you lose someone you, you cry for like three months six months back to normal and that's it you know like it, there's so many different things so many and we're probably going to touch on most of them there's other aspects there's things like you know yeah you, you grieve you lose someone and there's a case of you know where like for like just to uh, talk briefly like you know you like i i lost lost my mum and um as you do with most things you kind of sort out their um any their, their, their admin so like their estate if they had life insurance like all these things there's so many different different aspects of grief you know trying to find out or oh, um is the house in in her name so what happens now in terms of who pays the mortgage or rent whatever it may be there's so many different aspects it's not it's 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 huge there's so many different things that people don't know of so if we can through the podcast kind of like tell people not to be to feel kind of sorry for us or to kind of uh, be negative but just to know that the reality of it that with grief a lot of things happen mm-hmm. the people who are grieving and they don't have good relationship with, it, with their parents or the parent they lost so it's not all just uh, you know one particular um, sort of image of grief but everyone's grief is different you know some people lost uh, family members due to like suicide even with that Although as our grief is not the same, but we can't even fathom how mm. they might be feeling. Mm. So there's so many different things, and we just hope we can, again, talk amongst ourselves, get more like-minded people to kind of just share their story if they're open to. I know like it's not so much the same as your meetings where you can go there and not talk, but mm. we just always say like even with you guys when I, I messaged you, I said if you're open to uncomfortable too, because I don't want to assume. Mm-hmm. But I, I probably thought yeah, I think they would, but just just to give you the option because again, we just want this to be a safe space as well. Yeah. of people to kind of talk and not feel um, just to feel kind of empowered you know you're like, facilitating the conversation aren't you you're bringing you're bringing this very important conversation to the masses and that's how I feel we work as well you know we're, um, we we do nothing more than, than set up a room once a week or set up a video call now as it is and say mm. to the guys please talk if you want to please don't talk if you want to but yeah, at exactly. least listen and, and connect and see that you're not on your own and you, you boys are doing exactly the same thing you know you're, you're putting your stories your conversation out to the masses in the hope that people um, you know and I'm certain they will people will react to that and recognise you as, as two young men and, and begin those conversations themselves and that's so important that is so important and that's your responsibility and, mm-hmm. and you've taken you've taken to it which is amazing yeah like it, it always kind of sounds cliche when everyone says yeah I'm I'm going to help, help other people, but that, that's that's what it is. That's and it's not coming from a place of yes, yeah, so we know we know it all. Of course, we're we're still learning it, even within our group. Even even some things within group that I'm still learning about. So it's not coming here to say like right, we're the experts on grief. So this is what you must do. This like this is it's not even an advice thing. It's just it's just literally telling us telling people what we've been through. If like people kind of take advice from that, and of course that that's great, but it's not of that whole view of right this is what you need to do to handle your grief because we understand that grief is different for everyone not everyone might want to um, feel comfortable even talking about the grief they might want to just listen and, and that's fine as well even people not grieving and, and you feel like well I want to just sort of get insight into what it's like that's fine I will ne- we will never say like right those who don't grieve are not uh, shouldn't listen or, but predominantly large is going to be people who have lost someone and that's not a problem you know you know. so we just hope that we can just, just really push it, man. That, that's, that's. Of course, it's, it does get hard though. Cause sometimes I feel like, you know what? Um, I'm, damn, I, I'm not sure. Like if, like it's sort of like imposter syndrome, right? Right? Who am I? Like, what, what makes me so special? Do you know what I mean? Other people have lost their parents too, so it's like, but, again, it's, 
how I can protect myself from that negativity is like you know what this is this is our thing and mm. no one can kind of like can kind of tell us how to do it and again we're just talking so if people if five people listen that's fine if ten people listen that's fine if one person listens that's fine you know we we know what we're doing and and I think with anything it's like you have to have a back to the whole purpose and you have to have a purpose and and a strong like why like I know like with podcasts it's become quite a big medium now and and, and I I love podcasts personally but. If we just start this based on oh let's just do a podcast to be like popular and keep up with the trend, then it's not gonna it's not gonna last. It's not your motivation. Do you know what I mean? It's not yeah. So even so even we're, we're we're not we're of course, the more people they're better. But if as I said before, it's a small number of people, but we know we know our why. Do you know what I mean? So that that keeps us going. So rather than worrying about mm, what should we talk about today, oh this is hot right now, this is hot right now. But f- forget all that. Just focus mm. on on the niche as to what it is and. Yeah, just 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 like focus on your own lane, man. That, that that's what it is, and I'm sure you guys as well. You know what you're doing. Just focus on what you're doing. You know why you're doing it, and that's and that's the most important thing. Understanding your why is the most important mm. thing. Yeah. Like that is, if you want to be successful in anything, having that is the absolute key to it. Like, you know, in business. If you're a successful business, it's because you you understand your why. Yeah, that's that's why business works. Like that's you know, it's fundamentally that's the biggest businesses in the world, the best businesses in the world. They have a why. They have a purpose. It's not because oh oh we're just gonna create something and sell it. It's mm-hmm. because you are creating something because there is a need for it because you know that people want that because you know and that's the same with this. You understand your why. Like that's a. It's a really important thing. Mm. I think as well, it's you know, a point that was made earlier, and I agree, we're not experts on grief, mm. but we are experts on our own lives. There is no one yeah, in this exactly. world that knows our lives better than we do. And I think you know, to, to project that in the form of podcasts, to project that in the form of support groups, um, you know, it's, it's experience, not advice. That's how I look at it. You know, that who am I to tell you how to grieve? Mm. I'm not, but what I can tell you is how I grieved. And you might resonate, something might stand out, and, and you might think, oh, Jack said this in that meeting last week and that's how yeah. I feel now and that's that's in essence what this platform is about it's what our group is about it's about um, yeah experience not necessarily advice um, yeah and we're not experts we're not experts no one's an expert yeah, no one's an expert yeah. on grief but you are an expert on on your own grief I suppose so, yeah, yeah that, that's that, that's what it's about and um, you know and I keep having to kind of drum that within myself like just look don't worry about you know um because sometimes there, there will be like maybe like somewhat negative comments, like you said, from people might. Oh, don't you think you should be over this by now? But but fortunately for us, we've had quite a lot of um like positive support from different people, like saying like, oh like I'm glad I found you guys. Like literally, um I've I've sent this to my little brother to listen, and it's like, I somehow I don't really know what to. I'm like just thanks, but because I don't see myself as someone who's like oh yeah look at me, I'm this superhero for like. But I'm glad that people are kind of like. You can listen to it and, and use the help of other people as well. Yeah, that's the that, same that's what us. it's about. Exactly the yeah, same with us. Yeah. We always we take no thanks and we're not here to take the thanks. As I say, we're we're the facilitators. We're here to to offer the space. Mm. And you know, we, we I mean I certainly get very uncomfortable when people say, Oh, yeah. thank you so much. I'm, I'm not good at compliments I'm anyway. Like, no, so I'm, not, <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, yeah, yeah. I'm not here for the thanks. I just want right, to it li- yeah, it literally is fuck all to do with us. Like mm. we just happen to be talking about it. Same with you guys. Like, you know, we just we just happen to be the people that are, are starting the conversation. Like we don't need 
I don't need anyone to say thank you. Like, it's not why I'm here. If you're doing it for the thanks as well, you're, you're doing it for the wrong reason. It's like you said earlier about your podcast. If you're doing it for that hot topic or to get all the listeners and the yeah, likes, like, it's like, the wrong reason. Like, obviously, I know in, in our particular case, like, podcast, don't be wrong, no, numbers are, are are somewhat important, don't get me wrong. Like, but I don't want it to be like, right, you know, every day, like, checking the stats. Oh, we didn't hear this. Just, like, yeah, check it here and there once in a while, but don't be so fixated on that because mm-hmm. what you do, you just you just be enslaved by that. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want us to, it to be like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just want just keep going, forgetting. Of course, we'll celebrate different milestones here and there. Don't get me yeah, wrong, but like should, don't yeah. let that be that the main driving force. It should be a case of like, okay, you know, I'm coming here to talk to Ben. I'm going to talk about X, Y, Z, and that's that. Put it out there. Whoever listens, listens. That that's that, and sort of like keep going, keep being consistent. You know. Someone once told me that I had started a, a charity for Instagram likes and follows and, you know, it couldn't be fucking further from the truth. It, it, like, if I wanted more people to follow me on Instagram, I would stop talking about my dead dad like, mm-hmm. and that I'm sad. Like, I just wouldn't fucking do it. Like. He's an entertaining Instagram follower, to be fair. I don't know if you do follow him. He posts Gavin. a lot about bikes and cats and that's probably about it, isn't it? Cats. Um, <laughs> yeah, cats yeah. are really good. Nice. <laughs> but, yeah, again, you'd rather reach... You could be reaching a thousand wrong people, but you'd rather reach that one right person, wouldn't you, with this podcast? Yeah, you know, you're not exactly, doing it. You're exactly. not doing it for a thousand wrong people to listen. You're doing exactly. it for that one person to listen and say, "That's helped. Yeah. I, I feel less alone now." Yeah, and exactly. that's that's in essence the beauty of motivation when you are grieving is that, you know, bottled correctly, it's a beautiful thing. It's that mm. silver lining. You're you're making a change just by talking about your parents, talking about your friendship, your love for them, your love for each other. Mm. Um, and and your pride in being an emotional man, you know that's so important for us in 2020 to recognise that. I spoke earlier about the dads that we had, you know they they were great men, but they're not the ideal man. You know what is mm, the ideal man? We don't know. Change, it's changing. Even like, like I said, with, with with some of us in our generation, if we some of us decide to have kids, it's going to be different. It's not going to be mm. like how our, how I our dads were like you know it's going to be different you're going to get men who yeah who still do like traditional masculine things but at the same time we're we're, we're for staying like but being what? having an open space to like talk and show emotion freely without it being like questioning your, your worth or your masculinity but mm-hmm. what what is you know what is a masculine thing like you know there is we shouldn't I, I, my my personal opinion is that we shouldn't be kind of defining anything as being masculine or mm. feminine like there's no there's absolutely honestly no reason for us to anymore like mm. you know anything that we would have considered masculine or manly well women do like and you know other people who don't even recognize as a gender you know like or you know whoever the fuck they want to be whoever anyone else is like they can do whatever the fuck they want to do mm. right like we shouldn't recognize something as being you know masculine or feminine it's just it's a thing like and it's that education that we should be passing down to our children to say, like, whoever you are, whoever you want to be, as long as you are kind, as long as you talk to people when you're sad or you talk to people when you need to talk to them, you're honest with them and you're open with them, then that's that's being fundamentally the person that you should be. Mm. Right? And whatever else you are beyond that is absolutely your choice. Right? Yeah. No, that's, that's, I, I agree. That's a good way of looking at it. And it's, it's these sort of positive thoughts that we need to keep reinforcing into like you know whether it's our future children or the, or the, the younger men that, that are gonna sort of come like after us you know like it's, it's important um 
but you know what we're actually almost running out of time but I just want to ask you guys um, just as, as we always do with all our all our guests um, what can you kind of leave the listeners today in terms of advice on uh, dealing with um, grief um, I would say straight off the bat don't be ashamed of it be proud of it own own your grief take ownership of how you feel who you are as a result of it who your loved ones were still are tell people about them don't shy away from it don't be somebody who is um ashamed of talking about their emotions really wear it you know like i do like ben does like you boys do Mm -hmm. wear it as if you've got a badge on you to say i love my dad i love my mum and dad you know be proud of, of of that love that you miss and yeah just tell the world that's always been my advice. Did you ask for one thing then? Because I think Jack stole all of the good ones. Ben's going to say, yeah, hang on, um, let me think. It's fine, it's fine if, you, if you just say, yeah, everything Agreed. he said, don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> wear nice hats. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't know. Uh, you know, I think Jack just basically sort of said everything that I probably would have said, no, which is why he jumped in there first <laughs> to make him sound like the really, you know, the... Uh, whatever one he wants to sound like, I don't know. The one with long hair and a leather jacket, that's what it sounds <laughs> like. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I would I would encourage, you know, people to just, to, to, to talk. Uh, I would always encourage people to just talk. And, and if you feel sad, like, acknowledge that you feel sad and don't feel bad about that. And let people around you know why you feel sad. Mm. Like, if, I, if I'm having a low day because of my dad, like, I'll say like I feel like shit today because you know because my dad's dead and it's alright for me to feel like shit today because my dad's dead like and, and, and let that be that no, this, this has been what for me very 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 uh, therapeutic I'm sure it's the case for all you guys um, I probably just feel lateness again but <laughs> that's that's all it's all squashed now but uh, <laughs> no, I really appreciate you guys coming on um and like I said before, congrats on the 100 meetings. Um, well, by the time it's out, it will, it will be 100. Yeah, yeah, so well kind, done yeah. on what you guys are doing. And uh, I think it's great. And it's just good that we can we, we know each other and we can just so continue supporting each other, you know, because, again, as I said before, like, we need more men, like, you know, to, to keep talking, to start talking and just be there for one another because it's, like, like life, life in general is hard, but life losing someone is, is even kind of harder as well. So it's good that... We have that kind of network of people around us, you know, that we can kind of like rely on. So that's um that's very good. But that's enough from us today. Um thank you guys for listening. Um don't forget to follow us on thinking that lad pod underscore. Um I'm gonna make sure I put ev- everything episode notes in terms of your ads, what the work that we're doing with the charity. Apparently you don't have social media, so I can't, I can't <laughs> no, put you that's that. a decided different conversation for a different <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I'll keep that's my head good. down. Yeah, that's a good not to worry, not to worry. Um can I just say as well though, thanks for, yeah. for inviting us on and for oh, the, honestly the, the important work that you boys are doing, I don't know if you recognise it as clear as we do, I think you're amazing. And we are looking forward to the future that we've got now together, yeah, exactly. trying to change the world um, for the better, particularly for blokes. I, I think it's incredible what you're, what you're doing and using this platform, so well done and thanks again yeah. for having us. Again, I echo everything. <laughs> <laughs> you just copied everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, it's all good, it's all good there. Thank you for listening guys and you guys take care. Have a yeah. great week.